Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here, and you're listening to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. After a little hiatus, uh, been a few days. In fact, it's been over a week since I recorded a podcast, and I do apologize. Been absolutely flat out again with uh, workshops all of last week and coaching. So we are back. It's uh, today, Tuesday, the 25th of October. It's been uh, been a lot happening, and uh, trust you and your team are doing well, and certainly looking forward to uh, the back end of the year, finishing the year really strongly and giving yourself every opportunity of locking in those numbers and uh, providing a platform for those numbers to be sustainable over the next 12, 24, 36 months. So in today's podcast, before actually, before we jump into it, I nearly forgot, <laughs> call to action. Uh, call to action every uh, first podcast of the week. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please do yourself and your team a favor by pressing follow on the Apple platform, or in fact, if you're on one of the other platforms like iHeartRadio or Spotify, etc., uh, just press subscribe, and that will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be digested, hopefully implemented, and uh, therefore results generated. And of course, if you can uh, rate the show as well, that would be greatly appreciated. And please leave a comment. Let me know what you like about the show. Also, if you don't like the show, let me know what you don't like about the show, because feedback is the breakfast of champions, which we talked about yesterday in a workshop with a group of leaders. We spent a lot of time speaking about uh, feedback and the importance of feedback. Uh, so in today's episode, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about a, uh, a, a phenomenon that I see happen a lot. And it's a phenomenon I experienced when I was carrying the bag as a salesperson and certainly experienced when I was a sales leader as well. And it might sound like a little bit of a weird uh, title, but it's not. And there's a difference between trying to boil the ocean and boiling the kettle first. Now, bear with me. There is a there's an analogy there. There's a little bit of a metaphor there, and it may sound weird, but it's funny how many sales leaders and sales people try their hardest to try to boil the ocean. Now, one of the key examples of this, and I remember back to the days I was at Optus many, many, many moons ago when I was the, a card-carrying member of the Optus sales force. So an individual contributor salesperson. I remember one of the biggest accounts at that time, and this is back in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, was an account called the National Australia Bank. Now, that was probably one of, if not the most strategic account that Optus had at the time. And it seemed like every single person in the sales force, uh, including the solutions consultants, all the technical designers, all the project managers, everybody associated with sales, wanted to get themselves on the NAB account, thinking that it was the biggest account it was. And, and so they thought there was this massive level of prestige that came with it. So there was all these people jostling for position on the account. I remember sitting back as an individual contributor, just watching some of the people, some of the account managers that were looking to get a piece of the NAB pie. The way they were acting around each other, the way they became very uh, competitive against each other, but also the way they were sucking up to the sales manager and the sales director, trying to get a favor, trying to get themselves onto the NAB team because they saw the NAB account as their ticket to ultimate success. And there was so much pressure that was then placed on these guys to want to get on there, which 
unfortunately meant there was a lot of other accounts that were not getting the attention that they deserved and therefore the the sales numbers across the board were being propped up uh, by the NAB, by the NAB account. But every single conversation, and certainly I remember as, a, as an individual contributor trying to get access to some technical designers and some solution architects to try and get some designs done. And there was a pooled resource group at the time, and most of those guys were doing exactly the same thing, trying to position themselves on the NAB account because they wanted to be associated with this prestigious account which meant that they weren't going to give you the attention that you thought that you needed to get and certainly the attention that your account needed in order to get some deals over the line. So it was a really, really challenging, challenging time. And hey, guess what? Things have not changed. It's amazing the organizations I go into and I talk to the sales teams and sales leaders and when I look at their accounts, uh, there's a lot of them that are still jostling for, I guess, the icon account in their eyes, in their particular industry, in their particular market continuing to put pressure on themselves to land a big strategic deal. And that seems to be, that's the that's where you get your prestige within the organization because that's the biggest biggest bang for buck. Uh, they want the new iconic, new brand new logo. They want the multi-million dollar deal. The deal that will change, they think, the entire trajectory of their business. And so they put all of their emphasis on these particular accounts, hoping against hope, that by some miracle they'll get either a ticket to the, the dance, ticket to the ride, or they'll actually, once they've got a ticket, they'll actually be able to ride that wave into some sort of uh, success and everything will be rosy from that particular day forward. But here's the reality. There's only a certain number of icon accounts and there's only a certain number of account managers and solution architects and all the other elements that uh, go into making a big strategic deal happen. There's only so many uh, available. There's only so many that can fit into the pie. So what happens when everybody's actually focusing on trying to get access to this big icon account and these big strategic deals and be part of that big, big account, uh, there's a lot of opportunities that are left, right, and center that are going not only unnoticed, they are left being not converted. And why is this? Because there are too many people trying to boil the ocean, being part of that big group. Now, big deals, and here's the thing, big deals will always be there. And whilst they are exciting to be a part of, sometimes what we need to do, certainly as sales leaders, is we need to encourage our teams to try boiling their kettle first, working on the smaller deals. Now, these deals in and of themselves may not appear to be strategic. They may on the surface be highly tactical and highly transactional. Uh, Deals though, that will be the stepping stone for the bigger deals. The deals that will be the launching pad for greatness. And I just have to look at the industry that I'm in right now in terms of the coaching and leadership industry and doing facilitation. Same sort of deal. There is a lot of trainers out there, a lot of facilitators that love to get the big iconic account. They want to be involved in like the big four consulting firms or the big banks or the big logistics organizations. And they're all there. But all the while, there's a lot of organizations that are quite smaller in scale that they could do with the trainers' capabilities. And those become actually a stepping stone for the big accounts. And look, you can't... And it's it's like the public speaker who wants to go from talking to two people in a lounge room to talking to thousands of people at Rod Laver Arena. It just doesn't happen. There's a process that we have to go through and you've got to pay your dues. You've got to earn your stripes and you've got to get to the point where you are ready for an opportunity that presents itself where you can handle the responsibility that comes with dealing with one of those big accounts. And it's no different to when we're in sales because if you can't get deals done on a smaller scale, if you can't learn what it's like to deal with a smaller account, a smaller organization, and maybe some people who are in that particular organization that are wearing multiple hats, and therefore you might be dealing with multiple messaging, then uh, how are you going to be ready 
to deal with the big strategic accounts where it's a lot more political and it's a lot more strategic and uh, there's a lot more people with a lot more dollars and with that, a lot higher levels of expectation because there's more to lose on the bigger bigger deals. Now, these deals are smaller deals and what I'm talking about, you know, boiling the kettle first, these smaller deals can be exciting because what they do is they provide an opportunity for us to fine-tune our thinking, certainly fine-tune the approach, fine-tune the strategy and look for ways that you can uh, you can change the way you approach a sales conversation use different techniques, uh, for want of a better term, give you opportunity to practice, right? And practicing not so much at the expense of the customer because you've always got to be looking at how we deliver value to the customer, but certainly getting your own approach down pat, just testing some thesis, testing some approaches, testing some strategies, getting some feedback because if you get the feedback on the smaller deals and you make some mistakes on the smaller deals, then the consequences logically won't necessarily be as big as if we make the big mistakes on the big chunky deals. Uh, what this does, of course, is it gets us prepared for that, being able to successfully handle the bigger deals. And of course, as sales leaders, we've got a critical, critical role f- to play here. We've got to recognize and communicate to the team that there is always another level to get to and remove the pressure, which I see so much. There's this pressure to have to go literally from zero to hero in five seconds flat. It's okay. It's just okay to start with boiling the kettle. It's okay to start small. Everybody started small. But of course, in today's society, there's this expectation, particularly with the younger generation coming through, they don't necessarily want to have to pay their dues. They want to get straight onto the big strategic account or they want the big responsibility. They want to become, rather than be an individual contributor and pay their dues and learn how the business works, they want to come straight in as being, and being a manager or God forbid, as a director because they might have done their qualifications, they might have done a like a mini MBA or something like that, but they haven't necessarily got the practical experience yet because they haven't paid their dues. So we've got to remove the pressure from people having to go from zero to hero and get them to slow down. It's okay to start with the small deals, to start with boiling the kettle, to convert the smaller deals, because more the, the more we do that, the more experience we gain, the better prepared we become, the more knowledge we gain on what works and what doesn't work because we're getting feedback, which means not only us as sales leaders, but the team as salespeople will become better prepared and more likely to take advantage of the bigger opportunities when they do present themselves, which by the way, will increase the probability of those deals being converted. So we can't go from zero to hero. So we've got to stop boiling the ocean. And what about we start just boiling the kettle first? Now what this requires is a number of things. It requires patience. It requires patience on the behalf of the team, but more importantly, it requires patience on behalf of the sales leader. Why? Because as we know, sales team is always the reflection of the leader. So if the sales leader is creating this this impression or creating this environment where It's only the big accounts that are most important. So we want to be working on these big iconic accounts and neglecting to work on the smaller deals. That's going to send a very, very direct message to the team. So as a sales leader, we've got to demonstrate patience. We've also got to demonstrate courage, and that is the courage to resist the temptation for going for glory on the big accounts and having the courage to stay the course, knowing that the implementation of a specific tactical strategy will enable us to learn the things we need to learn so that we get ready for the bigger deals when they do present themselves. So it does take courage to stay on course. And part of that courage is to have the conversations with the senior leaders to manage expectations, but also maybe to reset expectations. It's also having the courage to have the conversation with your team to uh, not so much put a stifling uh, effect on their growth, but to hold them back a little bit in terms of paying their dues, some things they have to do. They've got to do the fundamentals before they get the opportunity which of course requires also persistence because nothing is going to happen in a day. You can't go 
from working on a small account one day to working on a massive account the next day because quite frankly, you're just not gonna be prepared. It's gonna be a very, very, very rare individual who was able to jump straight into a big national Australia bank, for example, and know exactly what to do and have a massive impact immediately. It's just not gonna happen because people have to pay their dues. There's lots of things that have to be learned. There's also maybe lots of things that have to be unlearned in order for us to get that opportunity. So it's got to start with boiling the kettle. Now you might be sitting there thinking, wow, I've got so much pressure being applied uh, by my sales team. I've got so much pressure being applied by my sales leaders and my directors to bring on and land these big iconic accounts. And that may well be factually correct. But just look at the marketplace that you operate in. Just look at where your sweet spot is. Just look at where your ideal customer sits. And just think about which organizations are attracted to you and attracted to your organization and start focusing on those first because as we said, if you can demonstrate patience, if you can demonstrate courage and demonstrate persistence, then the results will literally take care of themselves. And by the way, that will provide the platform for you to get access to and therefore convert the much bigger accounts. Now it might appear to be a slightly slower process. It might also appear to be a more frustrating process, but here's what I can tell you and I can assure you from experience and from dealing with hundreds and hundreds of sales leaders and sales teams over the years, it is 100% worth it. So uh, instead of going after and trying to boil the ocean, how about we start looking at our own backyard, looking at the smaller accounts and start by boiling the kettle first, because guess what? The ocean will always be there. So hope that message resonates, hope that helps on this Tuesday, October 25. And as a key reminder before we wrap up, when you are committed to taking your sales leadership to the exceptional level and you know in fact that your team has more capabilities to drive bigger results, love to have a conversation with you about working potentially one-on-one and helping you do just that over the next three months. Helping you become an exceptional sales leader but also helping your team drive results that ultimately become sustainable and also replicable which enables the company, the organization, everybody associated with it to have a high degree of certainty that we're in the right place, doing the right thing, heading in the right direction. If that's you, then let's connect and have a conversation. Either go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on the fabulous Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, what leadership is looking like for you, what does leadership look like in terms of an exceptional leadership in the next three plus months, where's your team at, and let's start mapping out a plan and getting to work ASAP. So that's one way. The other way, of course, is just send me a text, uh, for those in Australia, 0412 is my direct mobile number. Uh, for people overseas outside of Australia, simply drop the first zero and add plus six one. So it becomes 61412 So if that's you, if you're interested in working and getting some accountability happening and driving those results that become exceptional but also sustainable, then love to have a conversation and love to work with you one-on-one. So with that said, have a fabulous start to the week. Look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.